are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind. I'm your host, Michael Byer. The best in the business is back in business. Joined by my faithful co-host, fresh off his anniversary, we got Nate Christian. How's it going, Nate? Hey, it's going good. We are recording on a Wednesday night. And, you know, sure. I like the flexibility of this new schedule. Shout out to Bob. You know, it's not too new now. It's been, been a thing for a while now, but it gives us some flexibility. The, uh, the headphones are going to be strained from his head getting so big after you saying that but yes so it is a little bit more flexible so bob's birthday was last night he had the chicken fried steak at texas Mm. roadhouse it did confirm apparently from what i heard bob gets the same thing every time so in fantasy just like in life consistency is key what's your favorite what's your favorite meal from uh texas roadhouse to not go there wow (laughs) i really like the pork chops pork chops are really good Um, pork chops I don't know. Honestly, it's been a while since we've gone out. Um, so having a toddler is tough. Anyone out there who's a parent can attest to the fact that you don't want to take your kids somewhere where they have to wait too long to get seated, which a lot of times is an issue at Texas Roadhouse to get busy. Um, I actually don't hate Texas Roadhouse for the record. Um, <laughs> so we, we tend to go somewhere with her that it's a little quicker. We go to the diner down the street. We go to Chick-fil-A, stuff like that. Um, and then when my wife and I go out together, we usually go to a more upscale dining establishment where there are no children. Fancy. Yes. No children allowed. Yes. And as much as we love our child and we love all children, that sounded weird. Um, sometimes it's nice to not having them bother you while you're trying to eat. So which I will be doing in two weeks. We're going away for our anniversary. So I'm hype about that. Lovely. So, but don't worry for all those patrons. The guys are going to hold it down in the Discord chat. And you know what would be a great anniversary gift, Nate? What? If somebody joined up for our patron, you can now get a yearly membership and a 10% discount. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. We're going to be doing a Patreon show after this, and it's going to be a little bit different than what we normally do, but it's going to be great. And I'll tell you what, until then, hold your horses. Let's talk about some early... Oh, I'm sorry. Let me scroll back up. Yes, early 2023 rookie wide receiver sleepers. I know it kind of sounds weird. You know, we're just starting to dabble in this class, like sleepers. How do we have sleepers picked out already? But you know who the big guys are? It's going to be guys that come in, like maybe your next Jalen Tolbert, Romeo Dubs, guys like that who have a chance to flash, get some decent draft capital that maybe you haven't heard of. So, Nate, you have three. I have two. But let's start with you, Nate. Who is your first 2023 wide receiver sleeper. Yeah, so we've seen a lot of really good wide receivers come out of Oklahoma. You know, Lincoln Riley was there for a good couple of years and putting on a lot of offensive talent across the board at all the positions. So we've seen some good wide receivers coming out of Oklahoma. This is the next guy. He might not be at the same tier as Marquise Brown, C.B. Lamb, guys like that. But Marvin Mims is definitely a guy you want to keep an eye on. Um, just to talk about him, like first off the back compared to those other guys, he is the first ever Oklahoma wide receiver to earn the FWAA freshman all American honors. Mm. There's been some really good wide receivers come through Oklahoma. I just mentioned, and he was the first one to be all American as a freshman. Did you mention Mike Woods? I did not mention Mike Woods. Okay. Fair enough. Um, 
He also has the Texas high school record for career receiving yards. Just going to let you know that. And also single season receiving yards with 2,600 receiving yards in one season. That was was in Texas? In high school, yep. Okay, so just to stop you right there, for those of you who do not know, high school football in Texas is a big freaking deal. Yeah. A lot of good players came from Texas, so that is pretty damn impressive. So this this guy's pretty good. Came out. Up high school, looking pretty good. That's why he went to Oklahoma. And he had a great freshman year. Um, his freshman year, he put up uh, you know, over 500 yards, caught a couple touchdowns in the Oklahoma offense. He was one of the starting wide receivers. Continued to do that into his sophomore year last year. Uh, but they were, the offense last year struggled. Um, you know, the switch between Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams and just trying to learn what was going on there. So he kind of had the same stats as his freshman year. Didn't improve too much his sophomore year. Uh, now with Dylan Gabriel there in Oklahoma and them trying to figure out their offense, still not really reaching that you know top offense that we like to see with Oklahoma, but still over his career three years so far, you know, mind you, only halfway through this third season, he's got 101 receptions, 1,800 yards, 18.4 yards per catch, and 17 touchdowns. Uh, you know, 18 yards per catch, he's a big play guy. He can get deep behind the, the safeties and get deep and you know catch those deep passes. He also has great yak ability. You know, this is a guy that you can get in space. He's going to create yards, find green grass. He does that as well, finding green grass, getting open. You know, he's a decent route runner. All around, he's a very solid prospect. There's nothing really special about Marvin Mims. You know, he's only 5'11", 184 pounds, so he's not super big. He's not, you know, super physical. He's not the fastest guy out there. He makes it look easy. You know, he's probably going to run like a 4'4", but at his size, you know, that's just like, NFL fast. No, it's still really fast, but it's like NFL average for, you know, a player like him. So I'm looking at Marvin Mims. He's a day two prospect, but he's a guy that, you know, you see Josh Palmer now, you know, Josh Palmer for the Chargers. You know, I don't think they have similar play styles, but they're kind of this, a similar player where they're just, you know, really good all around. Don't really give you anything too special. You know, their ceiling isn't as high as some of, you know, the DK Metcalfs, AJ Brown out there, but they're going to find a role in the NFL and they're going to be productive. And I think Marvin Mims could be a solid wide receiver too for an NFL team. And at worst, you know, a pretty solid wide receiver three. And when you say wide receiver two, let's not forget T Higgins is wide receiver two. <laughs> That's true. There's a lot of circumstances where T Higgins could be a wide receiver one on your team. So wide receiver two in real life, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Question is Dylan Gabriel. Do you think he's coming out this year? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, he hasn't had the great year he probably was hoping for. Uh, he did suffer an injury, missed a couple games. And I don't think he has a lot of hype around him to go into the NFL. But at the same time, it's probably not smart for him to stay another year. They got some really good quarterback prospect coming in. Um, five stars. So it's probably best for him to either move on to the NFL or transfer. 32 career games. He only has 15 interceptions, which not bad. Not bad at all. All right, so let's move it on. Let's talk about my first sleeper, Parker Washington from Penn State. Wide receiver you out there lately. Oddly, don't talk about Penn State linebackers anymore. Anymore, it's running backs, it's wide receivers, tight ends, a lot of good tight ends coming out of Penn State too. Uh, so be on the lookout for Theo Johnson when he declares. Brenton Strange as well. Though Brenton Strange is a little bit smaller. Um but anyway, right now we're talking about Parker Washington. So he's 5'10", 215, a little bit on the smaller side. I project him as an NFL slot wide receiver. And if you're like, oh, I don't want that on my fantasy team, then go ahead and drop Hunter Renfro because you don't like slot wide receivers in the NFL. Right, Nate? 
I love slot receivers in the NFL. Exactly. Expand your mind, broaden your horizons when it comes to these guys. He's going to be a good wide receiver. Why? He's very quick with very, very good lateral agility. Okay. Makes defenders miss when he's out in space, but he's not overly elusive. Like he's going to make one guy miss, pick up a couple extra yards. He's not going to be out there juking guys left and right like AJ Brown does. That is not his game. He's very efficient with his touches. He gets open regularly too. There's a lot of times where, and this could be just a product of Penn State scheme, especially last year when Jahan or Jahan Dotson, as Pork likes to call him, was there. Um, a lot of double coverage on Jahan. So Parker Washington was open. Those little like dump off routes, a lot of screens. He's an awesome screen wide receiver too. So I think he is a good complimentary wide receiver. He's not going to go anywhere and be a wide receiver one at all. If he goes somewhere like, you know how Hollywood was doing really well with the Cardinals for a while. Like mm-hmm. you now uh, DeAndre Hopkins is back. They got all these other guys. You get a good wide receiver core like that. Parker Washington's going to fit in really, really well there. Uh, let's see. Oddly enough, now, when you listen to this, they will have just played against Ohio State, hopefully beating them. We'll see. Maybe if you let Drew Lar play. He only has two 100-yard games in his career, both last year. One was versus Villanova, five catches, 148 yards, and two touchdowns. Please stop scheduling Villanova against Penn State. What is wrong with you people? And the other one was against Ohio State. Nine catches, 108 mm-hmm. yards, and no touchdowns. So Great game. we see them him do it against smaller competition. We see him doing it against bigger competition, too. Duke can play. His best game this year was versus Minnesota. Seven catches, 70 yards, and one touchdown. So not too bad. I like Parker Washington. He caught my eye a lot last year. Um, he's still doing pretty well this year. Sean Clifford's been a little inconsistent, but I think one thing to think about when you're looking at Penn State overall, why is Parker Washington's numbers not as well? They have a running game this year. They couldn't run the ball last year. They can do that now. Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen. Sean Clifford's been running the ball a lot too. So yes. Parker Washington numbers have dipped a little bit. He's still a fantastic wide receiver. Another Penn State wide receiver to look out for. I don't think he's 23 eligible. Mitchell Tinsley, the uh, transfer from Western Kentucky, another guy to look out for as well. Nate, let's go to your second wide receiver sleeper. Yeah, so my second sleeper here is Jacob Cowing out of University of Arizona. And Jacob Cowing is actually a transfer. He played at UTEP for his first three years. And while at UTEP for three years, he led the team in receiving every single year, starting from his freshman season. Um, You know, UTEP might not be the cream of the crop in college football playing in the conference USA, but they are definitely an explosive offense. And he was, you know, the main part of that really solid freshman and sophomore years, but really took off his junior year with 69 receptions for 1300 yards at 19.6 yards per carry and seven touchdowns. You know, a lot of production there had the chance to transfer, went to university of Arizona and so far throughout the season, 53 receptions, 737 yards, and seven touchdowns. He's been very productive. The jump to power five has not been difficult for him. He's looked very good. And something that you know sets him apart from the other receivers in the group of five and what has allowed him to be so good in the power five is that he is silky smooth with his route running. He is able to create separation throughout his routes. And then once he has that separation and you've hit him with a good pass, his yards after the catchability is very good. He's very athletic, very agile, able to, you know, turn corners very quickly, get skinny between defenders, you know, break angles. And 
last in 2021 last season, he averaged seven yards per catch after the catch. So for every catch he had, he averaged seven yards after the catch. You know, this is a guy that is constantly creating yards for himself. And when you combine, you know, a good athlete with being able to get open and then create yards for yourself, that's a pretty good prospect right there. I think this is a guy that even though he's having a, a bit of a quieter productive season because he's playing for university of Arizona over in the PAC 12, you know, I think he's going to be a draft riser. He has a chance to go to the senior bowl. If he goes to the senior bowl, I think he could make a name for himself there. I think he's probably going to test pretty well. And if he does all those things, this is a guy that we're going to be talking about day two. And if he gets a nice landing spot, you know, with his yards after the catch ability and big playmaking ability, people are going to be excited. So keep your eye on him. 20 career touchdowns too. Yeah. Productive. Just looking at his stats last year at UTEP, he had four carries for 75 yards. So I'm assuming those, I mean, 18.8 yards per carry. That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. He had a 53 yarder. That's why. That's really impressive then. That one run for 53 yards. I like it. Giving the ball more. So I like that a lot. He does not stink. But if you do, I want to talk to you a little bit about Dr. Squatch. What is Dr. Squatch? I'm really glad you asked. Did you like that segue? That was nice. Dr. Squatch develops natural, high-performance personal care products like bar soap, deodorant, shampoo, conditioner, and even beard oils. They only feature manly scents with only the finest ingredients Mother Nature has to offer, all while avoiding the harmful ingredients often used by traditional brands. You know, before we got the Dr. Squatch uh, sponsorship, I bought this huge pack of soap. It's like I have to use it before I buy Uh, Dr. Squatch. So I'm rubbing vigorously to get it gone with so I could go buy some Dr. Squatch because Dr. Squatch is dedicated to male-specific formulations that directly address the personal care demands of men like you and me everywhere. I bet if Bob bought Dr. Squatch, it would be pine, like flannel and pine. I think so. Yeah, that makes sense. That goes, that goes well, right? You know what I mean? I'm going to buy him an axe for Christmas. Dr. Squatch offers a wide variety of bundles that will cater to your specific needs as well as a subscription service so you'll never have to remember to order more before you run out. Subscribe and save money today because with Dr. Squatch, satisfaction is guaranteed. And if this isn't the best natural product you've ever used, it's on us, Dr. Squatch, that is. So don't drop the soap. Take care of yourself for once and smell great doing it. Try Dr. Squatch today. Link is in the description of this video or of this podcast, whichever you are listening to or watching. So help yourself to some beautiful soap. Sean got it. Two thumbs up from him. And if you $20 or more, you get 10% off and free shipping, which is awesome. Love that. Save a couple bucks on that shipping. So Nate, let's get back into it now. And we are going to be talking about Jaden Reed from Michigan State. Love some Jaden Reed. I do too. Six foot, 185 pounds. I want to talk about his 2021 season. When Michigan State was good, and now Michigan State's <laughs> back to being, well, Michigan State. Oh, do they miss Kenneth Walker out there? But last year, 59 catches, 1,026 yards, 10 touchdowns. He averaged 17.4 yards per catch. That's pretty damn good in the Big Ten, man. And Michigan State had a good year. You know, I'm a Penn State fan. I don't hate Michigan State. Like, I don't really hate a lot of the other teams in the Big Ten. I don't know about you. As a Maryland yeah, fan, not, not, I don't hate them too much. No, I hate Michigan and Ohio State, but like, I don't like, oh, Minnesota. Okay, great. All right, Indiana, cool, Illinois. Okay, Rutgers. You know I, mean? like, <laughs> I just hate that they exist. I, you know what, Iowa needs to be kicked out of the Big Ten, too. I'm sorry. No, that's like, what Big Ten football is all about, man. <laughs> 
Okay, I understand that Big Ten football used to be about scoring 10 points a game, but when your opponent scores over 50, there's a bit of a discount. Got to find a new way to win. Yes, I know. So Jaden Reed has really good contested catch. He high points the ball extremely well. However, unlike J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, he can separate and get open, but I feel like he will have difficulty doing that against top-tier cornerbacks in the NFL. So he is better as a number two in the NFL. We're hearing this a lot, but again, this is a sleeper episode, not our top five wide receivers. Very solid hands. He tracks the ball well, too, I noticed. He's a very yeah. smooth route runner. He's good on screens and very elusive in space. One knock against him, Bob's favorite thing when talking about wide receivers. He is a below average blocker, <laughs> and that does matter because it keeps you on the field when you're good at blocking. I think we need to do like, you know how they have the Mendoza line in baseball? Yeah. For wide receiver blocking, we need to have the Quintess Cephas line. Yeah. <laughs> Are you below or above? How many people are going to be above that? He was such a good blocker. And you know what? I want to talk about him for just a second. What a fall from grace, dude. Like his first career game, he had 10 targets. And it's like been nothing ever since then. I mean, I know he's had some injuries here and there, but he can't be that bad. I don't know, man. I don't know. Another Maybe big receiver. Yeah. So, but that's Jaden Reed, another guy that I've kind of had my eye on for a little bit. I actually started scouting him last year. He popped out to me when I was watching Kenneth Walker. So, yep. and people ask me all the time, how do you scout players? Just make sure you pay attention when you're scouting these guys on YouTube or wherever you're looking. If you get your hands on all 22 film, let me see. Um, you see anybody else pop? Just write their name down. Then you can come back to it later. So um, let's move on to our last wide receiver sleeper of the evening. Nate, who do you got for me? Yeah, the last guy. And I've been talking about this guy for about at least a year and a half now. Xavier Hutchinson, Iowa State wide receiver. Now, Xavier Hutchinson, he was not a big name coming out of high school. He actually had to go to junior college. He played two years at Blinn College. Blinn College. And after... Yep, I neither have I. But he was good enough at Blinn College to be able to transfer to Iowa State. And I'm I want you to, to hear this JUCO college guy transferring to Iowa State in his first season. 64 receptions, 771 yards, and four touchdowns. That's awesome. It's pretty good. Stuck around for another year to prove himself. Last year, 83 yards. I mean, 83 receptions, 987 yards, five touchdowns. And this year, you know, just slightly over halfway through the season, he's already got 67 receptions, 758 yards, and five touchdowns. He's going to have a career year. He is really just having quite the year. He's going to be going into the NFL draft with all the momentum. Now, so far this year, he has games of 154 yards on 10 catches, 13 catches for 100 yards, 11 catches for 98 yards, and a touchdown. Three touchdowns and 128 yards on eight catches. I mean, he, this guy's just constantly having big games throughout the entire season. And Iowa State is relying on him to win the games that they're winning and stay you know, close in the games that they're losing. He is one of the main voc focal points of this offense now. And this guy who transferred from Juco College has been a two-time first-team um, Big 12 player. He's probably going to be that this year again. So all three years that he's been in the Big 12, he has been an all-pro, I mean, first-team 
He's led the Big 12 in receptions last year. He'll likely do that again this year. This guy is very productive. I'm not worried that he's going to be you know, a fifth-year player out of high school when it comes to the NFL draft. This is my guy that I think is going to have a huge senior bowl. I really hope he goes to the senior bowl because if he goes to the senior bowl, he's going to be in front of NFL scouts. They're going to be able to see his talent, what he brings to the table, and he's going to blow up the senior bowl. I hope he's going to test well. I'm not really sure what that's going to look like for him, but he's a big guy, you know. He's six foot three, six foot four, 210, 215 pounds. He looks good at there. He uses his body. He wins the contested catches. He gets open. He's a guy that you want on your team, and he just keeps producing. So this is a guy that I'm going to keep my eyes on throughout the draft process because if he goes to the Senior Bowl, I, I'm I'm all there for Xavier Hutchinson, and so should you. Yeah, I'm in, man. Six three, two ten. I don't care about the age either. I mean, to he's go good. from Blinn College to this, over a thousand. He's not just, you know, like a tall physical receiver. He's a good route runner. He's, you know, he plays above the the above the above rim very well. You know, this guy gets deep down the field and tests safeties and cornerbacks. My only question to you is, and you'll be able to answer this, his career yards per reception is 11.8. So it's not anything substantial. Mm-hmm. Is is he just not a guy that does a lot with the ball in his hands or is that Iowa state's off? He doesn't do a lot with the ball in his hands. You know, okay. he's not a huge, you know, yards after the catch kind of guy, but he, he wins the ball. And I think it's part of Iowa state's offense. You know, they don't go deep Brock Purdy. You know, he, he was kind of a rhythm passer, you know, yeah. not taking shots down the field all the time. Can't let Purdy do that. He already threw a ton of interceptions already. So. Yeah, Brock Purdy, he was a guy that when we scouted him, I wasn't super impressed with him at all. Well, he was Mr. Irrelevant in the draft, I believe. Last he was. Year. I like Purdy, but he just never had the right decision-making. To me, he's he's a guy that's going to be just a guy. That's it. Like He'll be a guy that bounces around between practice squads mm-hmm. and like third-string quarterback, you know, maybe goes to the XFL for a little bit to get to start. I would love that. You know what That'd I be miss? Fun. I miss NFL Europe. <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but like the NFL Europe was fun, man. It really was. I don't know why they couldn't keep it going. Mike, I think you had a third sleeper that you kind of just wanted to mention kind of as an honorable mention, right? I was going to honorable mention. You will know more about him than I will. And that was Zay Flowers from Boston College. He caught my eye a little bit when I was scouting Phil Jerkovic last year. Jerkovic, Jerkovic, I don't know how to say it. Um, But I don't have a full scout on Zay Flowers. That's why I didn't talk about him. But if you'd like to discuss a little bit, by all means, please do. I mean, he's a fun guy. You know, he he offers a lot of yards of the catchability, too. You know, he's a big time game changer. Uh, Boston College offense really runs through him and, you know, his connection with the quarterback has, yeah. Zay Flowers is fun. I think he's going to be a day two guy. Uh, I think he could be kind of labeled as this year's Sky Moore. Okay. 5'10, 177. So not the biggest guy, but Sky Moore wasn't either, nor is Parker Washington. Parker Washington's a little bit uh, thicker than. He's thick, though. Than, uh, 200 Zay plus pounds. Yeah, but Zay Flowers, man. Um, yeah. 2,670 career receiving yards, 23 touchdowns. And look, 353 rushing yards too so he's dynamic man dynamic versatility is key had almost 200 rushing yards in his freshman season it's pretty impressive it's gone a little bit all over the place but you know boston college is boston college that's true they are what they are so yeah zay flowers definitely keep him on your radar as well 
All right, fantastic. Everyone, I'm so glad that you hung out with us tonight. And remember, if you want to do best ball pickums and rivals, by the way, the pickums, our very own Dan Rozier was five for five on his underdog pickums. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Dan does three bonus pods a week. You don't want to miss it. If you use the promo code Rewind on Underdog Fantasy, you get a 100% match. First deposit up to $100. SeatGeek, if you're headed to a game, like a Boston College game, go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code Dynasty Rewind to get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Patreon.com, we already talked about that in depth. We won't get into it again. VeridianGlobal.com for the best gear on the planet. Head to VeridianGlobal.com. Use the promo code Rewinder for 10% off all Dynasty Rewind. Dynasty Rewind merch only. So, for Nate Christian, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Until next time, everyone, be kind. Please rewind. Thanks for listening.